Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a living clean study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Living Clean. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide a commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is a Guide and Principle study for the Anonymous podcast. This is episode 35. We're going to begin on page 64. we at the bottom with these last two paragraphs. We're going to begin in our groups. But first, I'm going to give our introductions. Uh, Melissa, you can jump in. Introduce yourself, please. Yes, of course. My name is Melissa and I'm an addict. My clean date is May 21st, 2015. My home groups are Spiritual Ninjas and Freedom and Change, which you can find us online every Monday at 7-716-439-9011. And the password is Freedom with a capital F. And I attend meetings in New Orleans, Seidel, and on Zoom. And I'm grateful to be here tonight. All right. Very nice, Melissa. All right. Cool. What's up, Brooke? Hi, my name's Brooke. Um, let's see, Brooke T. I live in Colorado. My clean date is 6-16-1997. Um, I attend meetings here in Colorado and online. My home group is, just can't miss it, 6750 Car Street, Arvada, Colorado. All right, thanks, Brooke. What's up, Phil? My name's uh, Phil. My clean date is 4 my home group is Men in Recovery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I attend meetings in the uh, Pittsburgh uh, uh, area of Pennsylvania. Thanks, Phil. What's up, Carl? Hey, everyone. I'm Carl. I'm an addict. My clean date's January 6, 2015, and my home group is Open Mind in New Orleans. Thanks, Carl. What's up, John? John Addict. Um, my clean date is, is June 4th, 05. Um, and I make meetings, I'm from New York, and I make meetings in the Hudson Valley. Thanks, John. What's happening, Eric? Hi, I'm an addict. My name's Eric. My clean date is September 16th, 2019. I attend meetings in the Sun Coast area of Florida. My home group is uh, Friday Night Clean in Bradenton, Florida. Thank you. Chrissy, what's happening? Hey, y'all. I'm an addict called Chrissy D. Uh, my clean date is 11 uh, my home groups are, there seems to be this alternative virtual, and then in Albany, Georgia, it's the Courage to Change on West Pine. Come visit us. All right, thanks, Chrissy. What's happening, Andres? Hey, my name is Andres, and I'm an addict. My clean date is May 23rd of 2007. I am from the greater Pensacola area of Narcotics Anonymous, home of the How. That's it. Thanks, Andres. And what's happening, Des? Hi, everybody. I'm an ag named Des. Uh, my clean date is July 24th of 1995. My home group is We Choose to Live out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Currently happening virtually. You can look us up. We meet on Wednesdays at noon. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Des. I'm addict. Name's Douglas. I got clean March 12th, 2000 in southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, folks, here we go. Got a principal study for the Anonymous podcast. This is episode 35. 
the bottom of page 64. I'm going to start reading with in our groups. And Brooke T, can you finish those uh, two paragraphs off? You bet. In our groups, we are free to carry the message in whatever way seems to be most effective to us. This doesn't free us from accountability to our fellows. In fact, we are asked to consider them with every decision we make. How will this affect the other groups? What could be the consequences for NA as a whole? This accountability teaches us to look. Our work in the steps helps us to see. Tradition three frees us from the need to judge other members. And tradition four frees us from the need to judge other groups. Tradition four and five together remind us that there are many ways to accomplish our purpose. As long as carrying the message is our first priority, our diverse methods, formats, personalities, and cultures all help us to reach addicts and to form the kind of kinds of connections that will sustain us. Wow. Okay, that was that was cool. I really like that uh, part about tradition three teaches us to frees us from teach from the need to judge other members and then four frees us from the need to judge other groups. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, I mean, I know it's probably gonna be brought up 1700 times, but every meeting in the world at this point, every NA meeting in the world is pretty, is different, even if it's just a little bit different, you know, and that's fantastic. I mean, I would, I would kind of be disappointed if I went to a meeting in Seattle and it was exactly like the one in Colorado. Um, and, um, and I know for, for uh, my home group, it seems like it can change from month to month too. Um, if we have a lot of newcomers in the room, you know, that kind of stuff, the flexibility is really important and uh, the autonomy to do that is, is also really important. And um, so I, I guess that's really, that's what it's about is we wanna all be uh, free to carry the message to the addict who still suffers in the way that the best way that we can. Um, Cause just like my story is, it's not unique, but it's my story and it's, um, is that the honest truth um, is the best way to share our story is through the honest truth. It may not be the most exciting. It may not be, um, I have all the little, the cool like gunfights or going to prison or any of that stuff, you know, that we often put together with, with um, using. But if I share honestly, the person across the room who needs to hear it will hear it. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of, um, if, if I'm, if I'm really connected to a power greater than myself and that group conscience is really working, um, then that's, that's how that gets done is like, we don't have to worry about whether or not we're doing it right. Aside from, of course, following the traditions. I don't wanna get anybody like, do whatever you want. <laughs> and that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> thanks Brooke. Now I was thinking too, like along those lines was a few years back, the, I was fortunate enough to, to get with a couple people to start a meeting on, um, it was like a Monday night. And it was this real little podunk you know, kind of town here in North Carolina, right? That, that had two meetings forever. It's been two meetings forever. It was like a Thursday and a Saturday or something like that. It's, it's how it's always been there, right? It's how it's, you know, in the mindset, you know, some folk, like that's how it always is. And, but the attendance was struggling a little bit. So me and a couple of folk got together and said, hey, look, let's, let's rock and roll with like a Monday night meeting. And the pushback, my perspective was this is going to be very welcomed. 
something new, a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit different, you know, something like this, a different location, not at the same place. Um, but the, the blowback was, why would you start a meeting when we're struggling with attendance? Come support these meetings instead of starting a new one. And I really had to, I had to kind of look at it and say, hey, you know, is this, is this me considering how it affects other groups, you know, um, or not? And we finally, we, we come to terms with talking a while that it, it doesn't negatively impact um, a meeting on Thursday and Saturday in the same, um, in the same little town. And it was kind of cool, you know, how it grew and, and, and how it was bumpy at first, kind of smoothed out, then got bumpy and smoothed out, you know, how, how that kind of goes. But I'd be interested to hear what, you, what, what your perspective is on that, too, um, you know, because that's a kind of a touchy thing, isn't it? I mean, starting a, starting a meeting in the town, what if there's another meeting going on at the same, you know, the same time, the same place? You know, well, know that story about some meetings are sharing a parking lot. <laughs> you know, they were part of this meeting. They said, "The hell with it. We're going to cross the street to the church, same time. We can share the same parking lot, but uh, we're going to rock and roll that way." So, those are some thoughts I had. What's happening, Carl? Hey, yeah, I think um, it always brings me back to think about how people start to get healthier, and how sometimes the newcomers don't always connect with healthier people. You know, I had I have these constant experiences who like, even in my kind of professional life, you know, and I, if I meet with someone, for example, like, so this guy comes in the other day and he's an addict, you know, and he meets with the doctor and they can't get much information out of him. And so like, I talked to him for like literally like 30 seconds and he's like, he's like, just got out of detox. And I was like, you shit your pants. <laughs> and it's like, but the way you talk to someone you know what I mean? It's like so informal, almost like it's completely unprofessional, really, in a lot of ways. But they relate to that, you know, and, and it's like there's meetings in my area. And like so there's like three different home groups in my small little town. And all of the newcomers like to go to this one meeting. And, and in my opinion, it is by far the most unhealthy meeting in the city. Like, yeah, there's like 30 or 40 people there but they're all drug court. They're all crazy as shit. They don't follow any traditions. They like, oh, there's four. Yeah. Melissa's messaging my bad. I didn't mean to forget about the, I'm not invited to that one. So I don't really, I don't know about that one, but, um, so, <laughs> but it's like, they all want to go there because that's where they feel most comfortable. And, and the beauty of it is like, and I think we talked a little bit about this last week, but people do come in there get clean and stay clean. And um, it's like, I often think about that too. It's like, as I progressed in my recovery, like, I don't want to put up with that crazy shit. You know, even when I'm sponsoring people, I find myself being a lot less willing to put up with crazy, chaotic, unhealthy behavior, you know? And, and it's like, is that good? Like, are we teaching people to be like, cause in my mind, I'm like, damn, like, I had, I finally got a sponsor who was kind of a little bit more direct with me, you know? And he was like, I remember I was blabbing on his ear one day and he was like, stop. He screamed in the phone, like, stop. He's like, yeah, you want to be fucking crazy. That's fine. But I'm gonna hang up on your ass, you know, but I didn't have anybody do that, you know? And it's like, what, what it showed me was like, I don't have to live like that anymore. You know, like for the first time I had somebody saying like, dude, you don't have to fucking stop, stop fucking being crazy. Stop talking like that. 
do what you need to do to get healthy. And did it, it really worked for me, you know? So like, I, I try to find that balance, you know, and it's like, sometimes it's hard for me to say that that meeting's unhealthy, but you know, this one's more healthy. You know, these people have like, you know, everybody in there has pretty much got five, six, seven years, eight years clean. And the other meeting, there's like 40 people there, but nobody even has over two years clean. But um, yeah, so I don't know. That's that's kind of my thoughts. Thanks for those comments, Carl. What's happening, Phil? Uh, I'll be real quick. Uh, 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 real good stuff. Uh, I did like the thing with the uh, third tradition and the fourth tradition, uh, not judging the members and not uh, judging the group. But uh, I can't help not to, to look at as long as carrying the message is the first priority. And then it goes on to say that uh, uh, our diverse methods, formats, personalities, and cultures all help to reach addicts and to form the kind of connections. And then how it ends uh, that will sustain us. Um, I like having the bottom lines. I like having the, um, the numbers that are, are first and to be mindful of, of all those things uh, as to no matter whose meeting I'm at, what meeting is forming, uh, is that, that what we are really, and like it says, as long as that will sustain us. That's all I have. Those comments, Phil. All right, folks, we're going to pivot to page 65. This is going to be a word by word, um, one word or, or a few put together if we want to share on those. Melissa, could you jump in, read page 65 in its entirety, and then, and then we can open that up for comments. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't get it to unmute. unmute. Okay, so page 65. All right, word by word. Define, expand on, or clarify the words or phrases from this tradition, one at a time, or in relation to each other, for writing or discussion with your sponsor or other NA members. Example, accept. When a statement is true, but not about a particular case, we use the word accept. Accept frees us from our tendency toward absolutes. In both the ninth step and the fourth tradition, the word accept serves to temper our intentions before we go too far and cause harm. We learn to tell the difference between our impulses, compulsions, good ideas, and the will of our higher power. Accept keeps us from backing ourselves into corners in this tradition. It asks us to consider others as we make decisions. It's a limit, but not a block. Within our principles, we can be creative, independent, unified, and humble. Yeah, you know, it's, I really like that they picked that word except because I feel like I would have looked like right over it. Like that wouldn't have been the word that I would have thought to pick out, you know. Um, I liked how it says it freed frees us from our tendency towards absolutes because I like to see um now that I've been clean like I like to see everything in black and white you know before I used to live in the gear eight area and now you know I got to go to the other extreme just like a real addict right and um like it has to be one or the other it can't be um you know it has to be an absolute and also like 
He talks about like tempering our good intentions before we go too far and cause harm. So like a good example of this to me, it's like when people say like sober or clean and sober, like I ain't gonna lie, that makes me cringe, right? And I could be like, we don't say that here. If you can't speak the language and you can't, you know, I could do that. But what, what type of atmosphere is that going to create? It's going to make everybody uncomfortable in the whole room. You know, it's not going to foster unity. It's going to be like, that bitch is crazy. Do I even want to be here? You know, like Carl was talking about, like some hunger, you know, we see that. But um, it's like, that's going too far and causing harm. You know, there's a way to have that conversation. And it's not with the you, you, you statements or um, like basically making feel like somebody, making someone feel like they don't belong. Like that is too far and causes harm. And, you know, like the ultimate goal here is to make everyone feel welcome because we all do earn our seat here. They like pain and suffering. So I don't need to make somebody have pain and suffering, whether my intentions are good or not. You know, I don't need to cause that pain and suffering when somebody's just trying to do better for themselves and not put dope in their body. Right. And also like how I touched on, it's a limit, but not a block. It it gave me this visual image of like something my civics teacher said in high school. And yes, that was a long time ago. Um, But like he held his arms up, right? He was teaching us about rights. He held his arms out and said, your rights end where another person's begins. And that has like always stuck with me. I did not do good in that class, but I remember that. And um, I'm telling you. And so, I mean, that really stuck with me because it was so powerful, you know, like this is where you fall between. We're not restricted to this little tiny narrow space. We do have, like it says in the next line, we do have um, the ability to be creative, independent, unified, and humble. But like, you don't get to push other people around. You're right in where another's begins, right? So I don't get to step on others um, just based off of like, this is the way it should be. This is what I believe. You know, um, I need to respect other people's beliefs, the way their meetings are ran and, um, you know, just respect this tradition. So that was real powerful. Thanks. Melissa, thanks. For, thanks for those comments. It was uh, you do do such a really good job of breaking that down, especially like with the, the clean and sober, you know, you know, the, this and that talk and stuff like I mean, just a great example. And just to tag on just a little bit to that is. It's definitely a conversation, you know, the sponsor should be having with the sponsee, you know, of, of like, hey, look, we're here, you know, this is the language that we use and stuff like that. And it's it, typically my experience has been is usually one of two things. It's um, folks, you know, kind of new coming in through the treatment process, you know, clean and sober, addict and alcoholic, right? That's common language that, that we see coming in. And that stuff, you know, that's a, that's a conversation, just like you said, it's a conversation after the meeting. Hey, you know, here, this is what we do. And that's that, that's kind of a cool unifying way of, of navigating that, or maybe some folks who are kind of dabbling, you know, from another fellowship, right? Like they'll come in, kind of check, you know, coming in, kind of check it out. We like to say, you know, maybe some folks that are bisexual, you know, they're coming over and they're 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 doing it. Y'all yeah, like that one? That's a free one. And uh, but but you know, my question is this: is like it's always like a um, yeah, I never like the the people who if someone would say sober, they'll, they'll be like clean, you know from the back corner and shit it is it's just like a weird feeling to to have but anyhow um my question is this if anybody could jump in because you know maybe we have some listeners who are wondering about this too i go to a lot of meetings where the clarity statements read at the beginning i know we're all familiar with that one it's like hey you know the use of clean and sober muddies the the you know message whatever it is um 
is that it, you know i wonder if like is, is that approved like is that is that something that you know and I, and I don't know so you know someone okay i get some thumbs up so okay all right cool um yeah, I just didn't know any history or context about that. Melissa, I'm going to bring you in for a comment. If anybody else wants to jump in, uh, go ahead, and then we're going to rock and roll on 66. So what's up, Melissa? Okay, so I want to answer your question. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like from my memory, that's what I remember. So I believe that the clarity statement was actually printed in NA magazine. I don't know if it was, like, written by addicts. Well, actually, it definitely was written by addicts, but I don't know if it was necessarily, like, an NA piece approved literature like any as a whole approved it or if it was just somebody anyway I heard it was in any magazine that's what I've heard about the clarity statement and it's been adopted now if I'm wrong please tell me because I love learning more about NA so y'all hit me up on the Facebook page about that <laughs> and um one thing I wanted to add about the whole clean and sober thing so I have a, a sponsee and she actually just picked up a year um I guess like two months ago now and, uh, you know, she was rocking this, <laughs> this, this AA necklace, right? And, like, every so often, she'd let the word sober slip. And I'd tell her, like, clean, you know? But, you know, I swear, it's so crazy because, like, I thought she knew. But because she's, like, doing this stroke court thing, like, you know, it just, it just comes out, right? Because that's the environment she's surrounded by three to four times a week with groups and stuff. Well, one day, <laughs> somebody got her, like, a little necklace. And... I told her it was AA and she was like, no, it ain't. And I said, yes, it is. And then like, so I was like, I thought she already knew. But anyway, someone told her said, like said, clean NA, um, sober AA. And she was like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to wear this necklace. Anyway, it's a, just a funny story because it just shows like, even like somebody that's involved as she is and like, hears it all the time, the clarity statement, this and that and meetings and, you know, me talking about tradition and stuff. Sometimes it just doesn't click right away. You know, that, would, that could have been a year's worth of time if somebody was putting her down for talking outside of the NA language that she could have gave up on NA. But basically it just comes to a point you stick around long enough and you learn and it clicks one day. So, you know, it's just our responsibility to not push somebody away before that happens. So that's all I got, thanks. Those comments, Melissa, I'm gonna bring in Andreas and then I'm gonna bring in Phil, what's happening? Hey, once again, my name is Andres and I'm an addict. Um, I would like to share on um, something that I highlighted here on, on this last paragraph that we read. And this is in fact of um, the growth I've gone through in Narcotics Anonymous, not having it my way. And um, I remember about a little over seven years ago when I moved from the Chicago area, land area of Narcotics Anonymous here to the Pensacola area, it was kind of strange to see um, how they do the key tag system differently. I'm, I was so accustomed for to seeing it done in the beginning. And so um, my, my impulse kicks in and wanted to tell them, hey, you guys are kind of doing it wrong, not during the meeting, but afterwards and stuff. And what I learned out of that stuff, besides the group's integrity and telling me, no, it's how we do it out here. I'm coming with like, it says here, good ideas, but no, you should do it this way course my way the way I'm accustomed to doing it and um I just couldn't accept that regardless even though I know the whereabouts of this tradition it's just when I don't practice surrender and, and the understanding and humility that comes with it 
I want to exceed control because I think it's fit, fit right this way. Until, of course, I call my sponsor and he's like, no, that's how they do it. You know, you got to accept that that's that's the way they do it. And that's the way they practice it, you know. And, um, you know, sometimes growing pains comes through um, when people tell you no. <laughs> you know, just come to group conscious. You could probably throw in a vote on it and stuff, which I did. And, of course, it didn't go my way. It went God's way, especially the group's way. And, um on the clarity statement, I remember um, there's a reading in our basic text. I was trying to look for it right quick. And it's something similar like the um, clarity statement. The thing here is more, it gives more, um, you know, gratitude for the fellowship of AA. And you know how we got the formulation from the steps and all that. Word by word, I can't remember it. I know it is in our um, basic text. And um we went from the clarity statement and started using that one paragraph that's in our basic text. And um, I'll text it to somebody once, once I find it and all that. And uh, that's all I have to say. Thanks for letting me share. Andreas, I really loved it. We, we joke often on here uh, so many times uh, about how uh, we're, we're, wherever we get clean at, like that's the right way to have meetings. <laughs> it doesn't matter where we move to, you know, that's, that's the right way to do it. So so thanks for that, bro. I love that. I love that perspective. It didn't, the vote didn't go my way. It went God's way. That's good stuff. What's happening, Phil? Come on in. I'll be, I'll be real quick. Uh, uh, with that uh, uh, clarity statement, uh, yeah, it, it is used at uh, our conventions, retreats, and different meetings uh, um, use it. But uh, um, I do believe where it, it really comes from is collectively through the literature of uh of Narcotics Anonymous, because with the steps and traditions and how our um, program is written, it's not teaching the member anywhere to talk that way. So if I'm sponsored in steps and traditions and the literature of Narcotics Anonymous, it's not, and how I've been sponsored too, it's not gearing me, I'm not even reading anything to talk that way. So if I'm talking that way, I wouldn't know um, how other fellowships talk that way, or maybe they they do it, but but this one isn't gearing me. And then show me anybody wants to show me that this literature is teaching me to talk that way. I'll uh, listen and just show me. Thanks for those comments, Phil. And folks, and, and we're gonna we're gonna pivot, guys, to sixty six now. I want to make one, one one final thing to tighten that up. It's just really neat how it's definitely different pockets of recovery, right? That different culture and that different po pockets feel what you're talking about here. I got clean, what would we say, about 45 minutes south of you, Phil? Something like that, about 45 minutes or something like this, you know? And uh, the meetings that I went to and the folk I was running around, for real, the I, probably a year went by then where I could really say, hey, you know, this is this is an NA meeting and this is an AA meeting. The language that was just talked was just um, very, it just went over for both meetings. Now, 45 minutes up the road, it's very clear. Hey, this is an NA meeting and we say clean. This is another fellowship and we use this language. And uh, and I've seen that in different pockets of recovery. Um, so anyhow, let's, let's go ahead and pivot. Uh, it sure is a juicy, juicy topic is what we're, we're talking about in the chats here, folks. So spiritual principles, each tradition embodies a variety of spiritual principles. The list of principles and values below 
may be useful as we consider applications of this tradition. Explore them in writing or discussion with your sponsor or other NA members. If other principles or values not listed below seem relevant, we can include those as well. I'll do uh, creativity all the way at the end to kind of close us out on this section with the example. But first, um, we're going to start kicking it off. We'll go from, uh, we'll do the columns. We'll go up and down from left to right. And so the first one is going to be Carl with independence. Yeah, thanks, Doug. You know, when I was looking at it um, earlier today, I was kind of like reading over some things and found a definition and I mean, it's really kind of a beautiful principle when I dive into it. So the definition just kind of out of the uh, dictionary is freedom from the control, influence, support, aid, or the like of others. And I really love, like, so if I really start to think about it and I wrote down a question, you know, how much are we still holding on to in our relationship with the past? And when I get clean, like, you know, like after coming to NA, we realize we're sick people. And it takes a long time to start to really break down. I mean, it probably took me the first, you know, year and a half to two years to even come out of that cloud of just like, holy shit, you know, I'm 30 years old. I've got no bank account. Like I've got, what, what the fuck have I been doing with my life? You know, that, that initial phase wears off and then it all, all kind of hits me like oh wow I have no relationship skills I have no job skills like I have all these unhealthy habits subconscious stuff from trauma um, reactions to certain like being loved you know like my inability to allow people to love me and I think that 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 encapsulates in that in independence is like I'm breaking free from it you know, by working the steps, working the traditions, I'm actually breaking free of that. And I become a, a new individual that can react accordingly. I can show up for my job. I can show up for others. I can allow myself to be loved. I can be at peace. You know, I don't have to be involved. Like we were just talking about the different meetings and things like sometimes my inability to sometimes relate with the newcomer now is because I don't act like that at all. You know what I mean? Like I go to bed at 930. I'm not wanting to go out for coffee and drink coffee at, at midnight. You know, like, dude, I'm getting up at 4 a.m. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not staying up. But um, that's also creating independence. I don't need them to like me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I know what I need to do to take care of myself and to be at peace with myself and to have to maintain healthy relationships. Um so that was kind of like, of course, you could take it into financial, spiritual recovery, but um, I think that was really like, like, I really wanted to encapsulate that, like, how much am I holding on to? Because it really, when I ask that question to myself, like, I'm still not completely independent from my past, like, I still am dragging stuff around, you know, and um, I've come a long way, but I, I still, like, want to destroy relationships and want to be ungrateful and want to practice uh, act on defects. So thanks. Those comments, Carl, we're going open-mindedness. Brooke. Thanks, Douglas. Okay, open-minded, willing to consider new ideas, unprejudiced. Hmm. 
<laughs> so uh, the first thing I think of is um, thing more will defeat us. One thing will defeat us more than anything else: an intolerance towards spiritual principles. <laughs> um, and that that's that really like nobody. Uh, it's kind of smushed in there in the in the how it works kind of thing. We read it I, here in every meeting, but nobody really thinks about it. It's like uh, I no longer just to get to say. Um, that's stupid and throw it in the corner and not look at it again. You know, um, in the beginning, it was, it was, it was almost easier, I guess, maybe after a year or something. Cause I was like, Oh, my best ideas got me this seat. Yay. <laughs> you know? um, and so there was a little bit of that, like, maybe I don't know everything um, kind of thing. And, um, and really, um, I learned a lot from people sharing in meetings too, where they were like, when I got here, I thought this and that, and love was a big one for me because love is like, it's been taken over by the uh, greeting card industry, shall we say, naming no names. Um, and when we got here, I'm, I'm like, love saved my ass. It's, it's pink fluffy clouds with like little unicorns and pink hearts, you know? I mean, I'm like, no. Um, so learning, that that's different, that that is a connection between human beings that is um, strong and valuable um, is, was, was amazing, you know, and it did really save my life. So if I didn't have the idea that it needed to, that it could be different. Um, and that also happens with groups. Like I go to a different group and I'm like, you guys are doing things weird. And then why don't I just shut up and watch them and see if it works, you know? Cause that, that's really my mantra for the year. Does it work? <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, I know the traditions and nobody's gonna be reading out of like the big book or anything in, um, in any meeting that I like. Um, but um, at the same time, it's like they have, they have those meetings where you like pick topics out of a basket they have meetings that uh people you pick on people and they have to share about certain things or something you know I mean like there's some meetings out there that I wouldn't necessarily enjoy because they seem too restrictive that people really love so um so just keeping the idea that it's that it's not all about me I guess <laughs> is um it's is one of the keys to open-mindedness. And then the other one is, is that, um, yeah, that bottom line, what I knew about life got me the seat. So maybe I should try something new. That's it, thanks. Brooke, I wanna know, does it ever just click for us? Like once and for all, it's not about me. Like, is it, shouldn't that be just like a one and done thing? You know, you would think it's like one and done, but it, it's not. All right, Melissa, what's happening with love? Yeah, so it's not one and done because uh, I have to keep being reminded of that because I'm a self-centered nature. So I like that comment, though. I wish it was one and done. <laughs> uh, okay, so love. Um, definition of that, there's a few. Um, a great interest or pleasure in something and feel deep affection for. And so... That definitely reminds me of my love for Narcotics Anonymous and the newcomer. You know, um, it's genuine and um, very deep within me. And, and my behavior reflects as such, like my, my desire to serve, um, my commitment, my dedication, and all that. It's all reflected there. So 
like my actions are based on love rather than self-will, you know, and something that I thought of, like, and I don't know, there might be differing opinions on this, but this is mine. Um, love is a choice, you know, um, like I choose to love someone or something like I chose to love Narcotics Anonymous um, because it's been so good to me, you know, and so like I can choose to stop coming at any time but I don't want to because my, my love runs so deep. And another is, um, another belief that I have is that love um, requires compromise. I might not like everything that the home group does, but I'm certainly going to stay a part of it, right? Unless it's crossing boundaries or like moral beliefs. And, and in those times, that's when you set up boundaries, right? So that might be another NA member that might be with a group, you know, um, if it's not giving you what you need, and um, like taking care of you, then you can choose to go somewhere else. But um, yeah, so those are just some like personal beliefs that I have about love. And then also, so like I am resp uh, responsible and committed any member because of the love I have for NA and the newcomer. And like, because of that, I do my best, I'm still human, but I do my best to create a loving atmosphere. You know, I respond rather than react. I show up one time, I actually show up early, so things can be ready to go one time, you know, I'm there consistently, you know, and, um, like, I can be loving and, like, a part of, despite, like, whether or not I have a resentment against this person, or, like, I shared with y'all before, I had a resentment against my home group, but I still stayed chairing, I still picked up the next month, right, because I love Narcotics Anonymous, and I know not everything going on in my head is always right, right? So like, it, I'm not willing to like um, isolate myself because I know about the disease of addiction. I know it does that. And um, so like, because of that love I have for Narcotics Anonymous, um, when I go to another group, I'm not gonna tear them down. I'm not gonna say, y'all don't do it right. Even if it makes me feel uncomfortable. You know, I hadn't been to this one home group in my area that um, Carl was speaking on and like, a long time like the only time I would show up is like randomly for like a birthday celebration for somebody that I know that somehow stuck with the home group right <laughs> but I would show up and like anyway just uh, I'd say about maybe four months ago now I started going consistently and like I I felt uncomfortable it was really weird for me to be like in my city and not like really know many people it felt like a brand new meeting all over again and um, I had to like face those feelings and stuff and they don't do everything the same, right? 15 minutes up the road, they can do it different, like Douglas said. And um, like, basically I didn't go in there stomping my foot or, you know, tell them they're not doing it right. And some things really are against the traditions, you know? And, um, but I, I didn't go in there, start tearing it down. And what do you know? Like I, um, I look forward to that meeting every week now. You know, we go out to eat after on Fridays and um it, it's just really great like I I gain so much by showing love by showing respect by letting the group be autonomous I gain so much from it and um you know allow other people to grow too and other home groups so that's all I got thanks thanks for sharing on that Melissa we're gonna kick it over to John service I'm addict. I didn't have it on, so if I had it, I can just go to service. Okay. 
the action of helping or doing work for someone. Um, I'm a service guy. Um, I've been taught since I probably had like a year. Um, I mean, I've done a coffee commitment and the secretary and chaired and that stuff, but my niche is H&I. I'm an H&I guy. Um, I, I have, the only place I've ever, I never went to a rehab um, unless I was speaking, um, but, but rehab I went to had bars on it. So, um, you know, um, so, uh, but, but, I, but I love bringing the message to the addict that still suffers. Um, that's that's my niche. That's what I like to do. Um, COVID put a big. We have a, um, a a rehab that's not far from my house. Well, probably half a mile. I mean, a half hour from my house. But, but me and a couple of my guys go over there and and bring the message. And, and uh, it's been over two years since we've been able to do that. Um, but um, but it is what it is. Like like every time I see the, the, the guy that works there that I know, he's like Johnson is we. Let people in here. You'll be my first song. Um, and and, and well, that's that's my thing. Um, I always say with newcomers, I always keep a, a newcomer. Um, that's just something that I was taught. Um, somebody told me that that the, the, the subgroup of Narcotics Anonymous H and I has the lowest relapse in all of Narcotics Anonymous. I don't know if that's true, but I heard it, and. Um, and where I where I, I got the message and grew up, um, people that were doing doing service were the people that stayed, people that had the most amount of time, the people that 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 left the meeting with the most gratitude. Um, when I first got um, when I first got clean, I was too nervous to speak, so I would always get there um, through the twenty and twenty, and, and, and like that's where I felt most comfortable. Whoever was setting up. You know, whoever the chairperson was, I would, I would, you know, speak to that person about what was going on with me, or um, and, and, and you know, do the coffee and whatever. And that's where I felt more comfortable until I, I, I got, um, got more comfortable with the meetings, and then I just, you know, started raising my hand and sharing. And uh, they made fun of me because once I started sharing, I never shut up. But um, actually, my first, the first time I spoke was was, was on New Year's Eve in front of like 50 people and my knees were banging together. <laughs> a good friend of mine had a chair position and um, he's like, before my commitment's up, will you share for me? And I said, yes. And the end of his commitment was, was <laughs> years Eve. And, and he was like, dude, you said you would do it. And I and I ended up and I did it, but my knees were banging. So, um, services, what were, you know, I mean, sure, we're holding the door open for the addict who still suffers and, and Keeping meetings open and making sure, you know, whatever the, you know, needs to go on happens. Um, but it, but it works for that for the person that's doing it. You can't, you know, um, you can't get no 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 better. Um, when we go to um, to do H and I commitments, when you leave those commitments, and if you don't have gratitude, you're something wrong. Um, I mean, I've done commitments where the people have lost everything. I mean, everything, like today. Jobs, wives, all their money. They don't have a home. They don't have, they have them rehab socks on and a, and a, and a gown, and that's all you have. That's your worldly belonging. So, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are in there like, yo, my running buddy just OD'd, and that's why I'm here. You know? and, um, so, so that's my 
Um, yeah, that's my, 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 my way of serving is the HR. Um, that's what I like. There's something in here for everybody. Um, you know, somebody said, I think last week about, you know, not liking the old, um, you know, holding the group's money, no matter how much clean time they have, you know, they just don't feel right about it. They think like, you know, if somebody's going to be counting that they lost a penny or something, it's, you know, that's old, old stuff, but whatever, you know, um, but there's something in here for everybody. It's, you know, um, currently now I pick up two guys every Monday to take them to, to a meeting and then I, and I take them home. And that, that's just why, you know, somebody was there to do it for me. Why, why wouldn't I be there for somebody else? That's, you know, um, that's how I see it. So um, I appreciate this, what we're doing here. And uh, I thank you for me share. Thanks for that, John. We're going to kick it over to Dez. Autonomy. Okay, so um, I first want to say thanks for your H&I service, John. I uh, carried a woman's meeting into a facility for 21 years on a Tuesday night. So if we were allowed in there, I wouldn't have this availability to be here to take this tonight. So thanks for your service, man. And uh, they're, they're talking about letting us back in. So we all know how that's been with the last couple of years, not getting into facilities. But um, yeah, so more will be revealed. So autonomy is, um, the definition of autonomy is independence or freedom, um, like self-governing or being in the community. So autonomy is always like that really fun word, like when you first get clean, you can't really say autonomy. I never used autonomy before I got clean. I wasn't like getting high and talking about autonomy that wasn't in my vocabulary. And then I got clean and, I, and these steps and traditions and they had words and I was like, oh, that's okay, whatever that means. And, and I just, I thought, well, that's a strange word. And at first it was like fun to make fun of people who couldn't say it. I couldn't say it. And then I would like be like, oh, this is how you can say it. Like, like I knew what the word meant because I knew how to say it. Like that was my journey with autonomy, right? And then as time progressed and I got to learn about group stuff and what the traditions are great for is they have me look outside of myself and they have me look at how my group is doing, how NA as a whole like the whole community of Narcotics Anonymous. It's not just about DES anymore. So um, autonomy is, um, this is great. I got out, I got out my, my It Works How Why, and it says, autonomy in NA gives groups the freedom to act on their own to establish an atmosphere of recovery. Um, and then it goes on to talk about groups doing like an inventory, like a group inventory. So when I got clean, doing my own inventory was really scary. And then I did one and then it became less scary the more times I did it. And it's the same thing with a group. When a group looks at itself and says, how are we best serving the member? What are we doing? Are, are we doing the right thing for Narcotics Anonymous? Are we representing Narcotics Anonymous in the best way that we can? And uh, I love when groups talk about that and, and I love that stuff. And right now I, I live in Wisconsin and we're in the middle of a regional inventory because we wanna make sure that our region is serving you know, our groups the best that we can and carrying the NA, the NA message. And, you know, the bottom line, it, you know, it says preserving the unity of the NA fellowship comes first. That's what autonomy means to me when I hear that, like it's that preservation of Narcotics Anonymous and making sure, like that's a huge responsibility. People didn't even trust me to watch their beer. They wouldn't be like, watch my beer, I'll be right back when I was using and today that people that I'm trusted to preserve a life-saving fellowship 
like I'm trusted to take care of Narcotics Anonymous. We're all trusted. That's really cool, man. So, um, so yeah, so that's autonomy to me. And I, I kind of like talking about autonomy. So it's funny that I got it assigned. So thanks. Thanks for those comments, Dad. I'm gonna kick it over to Eric. Freedom. Yeah, I'm an addict. My name's Eric. Uh, a little bit nervous, man. This is, uh, I don't get nervous very often. So this is exciting. Um, maybe it's because I'm like the clean time baby in this room, you know, you know, a bunch of time. Uh, so freedom is mentioned so much and just what we've read in this first couple of pages of this uh, chapter. Uh, our experience of freedom is no longer simple absence of boundaries. Freedom can transform from a fantasy of doing whatever we want to the ability to live with joy and gratitude in our present reality. To me, that just means like freedom from self-obsession, you know, freedom from self-obsession. And uh, what a gift, you know. Um, here's a, here's a, not my favorite sentence out of this whole thing. Responsible use of independent judgment develops in an atmosphere of freedom. So that tells me how integral freedom is to my process of recovery. You know, um, I have the freedom to be wrong. You know what I mean? I get to allow others the freedom to be wrong, you know, and... Uh, and, and to learn from those mistakes, man, not only learn from my mistakes, the next sentence is, as we make responsible decisions for ourselves, we develop our own conscience and maturity. So not only do I have the freedom to learn from my mistakes, but like I have the freedom to learn from doing the right thing, you know, and like developing a conscience and integrity. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm much less interested. I also like how it talks about tradition three freeness from the need to judge other members and other groups. Um, you know, I'm much less interested today in, in doing that. I still get caught up in it, of course. Um, but, you know, like, all I got to do is remember what it was like when I came in. You know what I mean? And, and I had a learning process myself. I'm also of the opinion that, like, if something isn't practical, it isn't spiritual, man. If it isn't spiritual, it won't last. You know what I mean? And so a group should have that same freedom to learn and grow um, that I was given in my recovery through Narcotics Anonymous, you know, and so like I, I try, I, and I have op ample opportunities to keep that in mind, right, we got a lot of cross fellowshipping going on down here too, and uh, it's just, it is what it is, man, and like, I know that I change the most through love, you know, not shame, um, not being told what to do, um, so I'm grateful, I'm grateful for that, uh, excited to be here, thanks. Those comments, Eric, I'm going to kick it over Back to days, trust. Awesome. I, I, I knew that I had to do this one. So, hey, I can talk to you about trust. So the definition of trust is um, relying on a, a place confidently, relying on somebody to do something. So, um, or relying that something's going to happen. So it's like the integrity of a person or a thing, you know, the strength of a person or a thing, you know, that it'll really actually happen. And, uh, and another word that came up in the definition was hope, which I thought was kind of cool because for me to have trust, I had to have hope and I had to believe that something would happen. And when, when I think about um, trust with the fourth tradition, it, it gets a little heavy because I trust that when I go to a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, I'm going to find clean people and I'm going to find the literature and I'm going to find the essence of Narcotics Anonymous. And any meeting that's following the traditions, it's going to happen. And, and I, I know it happens. I've been to meetings all over the place, man. And I've never gone to a Narcotics Anonymous meeting that wasn't a meeting. You know, I've never showed up. Even like I, I can remember traveling and showing up and having like one person sitting there with a basic text waiting for another person to show up. 
And as soon as you show up, there's a meeting and they're so happy to see you. And that's really cool, you know? So I trust, and, and I didn't really trust anything, obviously, that, that, you know, well, not obviously, but before I got here, before I got to NA, I didn't trust anything, not even myself. And, uh, but what I learned about trust is, it, it was a funny thing that I learned in the beginning as they said, well, you know, if, if you could trust that you would get high taking whatever you were given, you could trust that this fellowship will work, you know, and, and I do trust this fellowship. It took me a little bit and it was hard for me to be a trustworthy person, but I learned how to do that by showing up. So um, as far as trust in, in the fourth tradition goes, it's just having faith and hope and believing that it's going to happen. And I know that it happens. We've seen it happen. We're all here because it happened. So that's it. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Des. I'm going to kick it to Chrissy D. Commitment. Hey, y'all. It's Chrissy D. Um, so there was a lot of definitions with commitment. And the one that really stuck out to me was the state of being bound emotionally or intellectually to a course of action. So like when I first got here, the only thing that I could be committed to was staying clean just one more minute. And today, looking at that whole picture now, it's so different. It's so different that like the things that I get to be committed to today and, uh, you know, now I'm committed to going to work every day. I'm committed to taking a shower every day, you know, things like that. But like when I break it down to that simplicity of what this program has given me, it kicks back to that first tradition where it said we think about those who were here yesterday. We think about those who are here today and we think about those who are yet to find us. And I stay committed to that. My primary purpose Right, because I know today, when I first got here, I didn't know this, but I know today I'm not here because of my first step. I'm here because of y'all's 12th step, because y'all stay committed to that newcomer and y'all stay committed to carrying me through. And um, and by doing that, that taught me commitment to be able to do that for someone else. And um, that that just it shows up in my life everywhere now. It's what what I learned in in the one hour of my life committed to a meeting, one hour of my life. I've been able to carry it out here into this world and be committed to things that I never thought I would be committed to, man. And it's a beautiful process, you know, and uh, I can't never be more grateful for that commitment because like I know, and it goes back to that except I know if I'm committed to something, I can run the wheels off of it if I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. But today I don't have to do it for the wrong reasons because I just do it for the next right thing. And sometimes the next right thing is not doing the next wrong thing. And that's what I have on commitment. Thanks. Hi, good job, Chrissy D. Thanks for that. Andres, integrity. Hey, Andres, Attic. Um, integrity, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principle, um, moral uprightness. Um, integrity for me and my experience with integrity for me today, it's... Um, you just can't um, treat me any kind of way. It's like the opposite of people pleasing. You can't talk to me any kind of way. And that will com combats it for me today. Integrity is you can't just come into my home and treat it like it's your home. Come into my car and start throwing garbage out the window. Or you can't come to either my home group and bring some other message from another fellowship, you know either during a meeting, loving in the can way, I will probably stop it or talk to you after the meeting, you know. Also, um, integrity has brought me to do different things today in my life. You know, I got a 
I went through a situation a little over 11 months. No. Oh God. No. Eight months ago where um, I got fired, you know, from um, a career I had a little over 10 years. And um, it, re it really hurt that um, I had to stand up for integrity because uh, I chose not to obey by the so-called mandate or rules of taking a vaccination. And I said, no, you should can't do stuff like that. Cause I got to stand on my morals and my beliefs that no means no. And that same integrity will lead me to find something even better than what I had in the past. You know, um, integrity has taught me to not be scared of doing something different and learning how to read and write in the room of Narcotics Anonymous. Cause it's what led me to learn how to read and write better. And at, now I'm learning how to talk and speak a little bit better because um, my English is comes out very fluently. It's just my thinking comes out in, well, you know what I'm saying. My thoughts are in Spanish and, and my words come out in English. So those are things I have to deal with today. But um, integrity will take me a long way because no means no and love is love. And if it hurts you, it's in a loving and caring way. So that's my um, uptake on integrity. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for those comments. Andres, all right, Phil, I'm going to kick it to you for back-to-back -back responsibility and compassion. What's up, Phil? Here we go. Sorry about that. Couldn't. Uh, 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 get off mute. Uh, responsibility. We got um, duties, commitments, accountability, chores, and tasks. Um, responsibility was has been enhanced to me in Narcotics Anonymous through the home group, through service, through the older members uh, showing me and even telling me to do different things. Uh, responsibility um, in Narcotics Anonymous uh, goes throughout uh, my my life. And uh, the things I have learned uh, in recovery with uh, duties, uh, uh, accountability, having commitments, uh, doing chores, tasks, and, 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 and service, and all those things uh, 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 has allow me to be a responsible, productive member of society. Thanks to Narcotics Anonymous. Compassion. Feeling um, sorry for someone or something uh, uh, that's suffering. Um, yeah. Uh, I know uh, I got I was a mess when I got here and uh, I know I was tore from the floor up needing a uh, checkup from the neck up uh, just being a mess when I got here and how the members um, uh, love me and I'm sure I'm sure they felt sorry for me. I'm, I'm sure that because uh, the love the things uh, uh, that was poured into me from them. Um, uh, I'm so ever grateful for, uh, but, uh, but here's the hit hit with that. The flip side of that is too, we got, uh, uh, new people coming into our fellowship now 
and not even coming in things that can just happen in life to uh to people period in our fellowship in the world period that um i do feel sorry for and those feelings are um uh for people that are suffering um yeah emotions too that's all i have all right, thanks for those comments, Phil. Hey, when you said tore up from the floor up, a checkup, neck up, I thought you were going to keep going. I was like, fuck, go ahead, Phil. Run us <laughs> out, boy. Run the clock out. That was good. All right. And then, and then, Chrissy, that was so cool, too, man. It was not, not my first step, but the hit was your 12th step. That's good, man. That was really cool. All right, great episode, yeah, folks. If you're listening, thanks for tuning in. And your action item for this week, find somebody who can benefit from this resource and kick it to them. Reach out to us on the Facebook group or uh, text the podcast number if you want to be a guest. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.